What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. See, she knew the truth of this, of Proverbs 16, 7. She, she, Ruth had made the truth to, of, of this verse. She, she didn't read it when a man's ways please the Lord. She, she read when a woman's ways please the Lord. <laughs> he maketh even her enemies be, be at peace with her. And, 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 and she, in fact, she didn't even read it that way. She read, she read it this way. When Ruth's ways please the Lord, he maketh even Ruth's enemies to be at peace with her. So now, that's personalized. That's what she did. I mean, let, 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 let's, let's, let's say it again. Let's, let's read this verse. But you put your name in there. You put your name in there for a man's and your name in there for hers. So, you know, I'm going to read it. When Tom's ways please the Lord, he maketh even Tom's enemies to be at peace with him. That makes me smile. Okay, now, you read it. Let's read it together. You ready? When... Tom's ways please the Lord. He maketh even Tom's enemies to be at peace with him. Okay. See? See? And that, that, that's, the way, that's the way she read it. That's the, way we're to, that's the way we're to claim it. She knew her ways had pleased the Lord. And so she knew that God would make even her enemies to be at peace with her. So the question is, what were her ways that pleased the Lord? What were her ways that pleased the Lord? It's a good question for us. Same question for us. What, what ways can we have? That will please the Lord. What can we do to please the Lord? See, what, Ruth, what did Ruth do that pleased the Lord? David told us. David's told us some of the ways. Psalm 69, 29 through 31. He said, I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. I will praise the name of God with the song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hooves. See? See, first David says, one way that pleases the Lord is when we say, let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. That pleases God. When a person trusts in God's salvation to lift him up out of his sin, out of the, that pleases God. That makes God happy. It makes him smile. 
rejoicing in heaven. God's salvation is Jehovah Jesus. So when a person trusts in Jehovah Jesus to save him from the sin, makes God happy, pleases God. Ruth had done that. Ruth trusted in God's salvation. She told Naomi that. She said she put her trust in God's salvation in Ruth 1.16 when she said, thy God is my God. Thy God is my God. See, Ruth's ways were to trust Jehovah Jesus, save her from her sins, and for every need in her life. And that's the way. Second, David said it pleases God when a when a person praises the name of God, when a person magnifies God with thanksgiving. Ruth had praised and magnified God with thanksgiving. That same verse, she told, she told Naomi, she said, you know what, I am happy to go with you, Naomi, to the people of God. I am happy, Naomi, to make the people of God my people. I am happy, Naomi, to live with the people of God. I am happy to die with the people of God. So she wanted to be with the people of God. So she could look at them and she could say, praise the Lord for protecting and keeping the people of God. Praise the Lord for revealing his truths to the people of God. So you never find Naomi, one thing about, there's a big difference between Naomi and, and Ruth. Naomi complains, Ruth doesn't complain. We read about the book of Ruth, has got unfortunately, I'm sure Naomi says, can we just remove that part? But it's there, because it was true. Naomi was complaining. But Ruth is not complaining. Ruth is thankful. She's praising. And that pleases God. And then Paul told us about one way that pleases the Lord in Philippians 4, 17 through 18, when he said, look, he was talking to the Philippians, not because I desire a gift. He's saying, I don't desire a gift. He says, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. For I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. See, Paul wrote to the Philippian believers about the things that they had sent to him, sent him some kind of care package or something like that, and the things that they had sent to him. And he says, that was a sacrifice to God for you to send that. And you know what? That was well-pleasing to God. That made God pleased. See, sacrificial giving that pleases God. It's not just sacrificial money. We always think sacrificial money is money. No, no, just money. He said, but time is included there. Anything for God. Look at Ruth, how much she sacrificed for God in Ruth 1, 16 through 17. Ruth the Moabite gave up, gave up as a sacrifice for God, what? Her Moabite religion. She gave that up for God. As a sacrifice, Ruth gave up her Moabite country for God. As a sacrifice, Ruth, Ruth gave up her Moabite people for God. As a sacrifice, Ruth gave up her Moabite family for God. As a sacrifice, Ruth gave up her Moabite house, family house, for God. As a sacrifice, Ruth gave up her Moabite burying place for God. And God looked at all those sacrifices that Ruth had made for God and he says, that pleases me. He, she pleased God. See, the Bible goes on more to tell us about how to please God in Colossians 1.10, where it says that she might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. See, here we're told about two more ways that please God. First, 
Colossians 1.10 tells us that our ways please the Lord when we are fruitful in every good work. See, we please God when we do a good work. We please God when we visit someone like Jerry in the hospital who's in room 528, bed one at Grossmont Hospital, (laughs) 80s. That's a good work that pleases God. See, we please God when we see a person in need, like sick at home, and we bring them food. That's a good work that pleases God. See, we please God when we meet a lost person unexpectedly and we give them the gospel that can change their destiny from heaven to hell. When we, that's a good work that pleases God. Like Glenn was saying today, when we consider the poor, the, it, 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 we put, being fruitful in every good work means we have our eyes open for opportunities to do good to others. That pleases God. See, two weeks ago, a homeless guy named Zach, he comes to our church, and Ken, he, he, he takes Zach over to the annex so he can get a shower. That pleased God. God didn't have to smell a bad smell. <laughs> and then Ken took Zach over to Kohl's and he bought him clothes so that Zach can look presentable to get a job. See what Ken did with those good works, that pleased God. Now why did Ken do that? Because Ken had his eyes wide open, wide open. He was looking for opportunities to be fruitful in every good work. See, Ken didn't start out his day saying, you know, I got my schedule, I got my agenda, and I'm sick and tired of interruptions. I got kids, that's all they do is interrupt me. (laughs) So anything that looks like an interruption to my plans, I'm not going to see it. I'm going to keep on bulldozing ahead. I'm going right on. That wasn't it. See, Ken started out his day saying, I have my plans and my agendas, but those are just meant to be changed. And because God's plans, I'm looking for God's plans and God's agenda today, and it might be different from mine. So God's plans and agendas for me today will be to be fruitful in every good work. And so he has his eyes wide open to be fruitful in every good work. See, Ruth, she had her eyes wide open for God's opportunity to be fruitful in every good work. Ruth's eyes are wide open. She sees God's opportunity. She saw that her mother-in-law, Naomi, had lost her husband and had no one to take care of her. And she says, you know what? Naomi needs someone to take care of her. For me to be life, to me to be Naomi's life's companion, that's a good, I'll be fruitful in every good work in that. That's a good opportunity to be fruitful in every good work. I'll go and take care of her for the rest of my life. See? That's a good work that pleased God. See, Ruth's eyes were wide open, and she saw her mother-in-law. She says, my mother-in-law, she complains a lot. <laughs> and she's depressed, and she's discouraged. And, and Ruth says, you know what my mother-in-law needs? An encourager. She needs an encourager. And you know what? I see that's my opportunity to become Naomi's encourager. I'll do that. I'll be a constant encouragement to Naomi. That's a good work. And, and Ruth had it. And that pleased God. And second, in Colossians 1.10, it tells us that we please God when we are increasing in the knowledge of God. When we read our Bibles and we increase in the knowledge of God, that pleases God. When we finished our Bible reading in the morning and close our Bible and then say, let's see now, what did I just learn? Okay, I learned something that increased my knowledge of God. That pleases God. See, when we stay awake in church, like right now, (laughs) and we're attentive, 
and we increase our knowledge of God so that we can walk out of those two doors this morning and we can say, I increased my knowledge of God today by this. That pleases God. See? What does not please God is to not increase in the knowledge of God. It doesn't please God when a person says, I've been a Christian for a long time, I know all the verses, I, I've memorized them all, I know all the doctrines, you know, I have the knowledge of God, I've reached the end of the internet, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I don't need to increase in the knowledge of God. Because increasing the knowledge of God, that's for new believers. Those are for the kids upstairs in the Sunday school class. It's not for me. I know all about God. That doesn't please God. Because it doesn't, it's not increasing in the knowledge of God. No longer how long we've been a Christian and in the church or in the Bible. We should come to the Bible and the church like a little child saying, I need to learn today. I need to, to increase my knowledge of God. That pleases God. See, by living in Naomi's house, Ruth had increased her knowledge of God to the point where she said in Ruth 1.16, thy God is my God. That pleased God. See, by Ruth committing herself to live with the people and to become a part of the people of God so that she could increase her knowledge of God, that pleased God. And the book of Colossians tells us this, that, 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 that these are the ways. Now, the book of Colossians also tells us another way to please God, where it says in Colossians 3.20, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. I see all the kids that did a one and knew right away I got that one wrong. But when children obey their parents, that pleases God well. God's pleased when children obey their parents. When children obey from the heart, not because they have to, I have to obey my parents, but because they want to obey their parents. That pleases the Lord. Now, you might be, you know, you might be saying, oh, yeah, sure, you know, let me bring that little boy over here, and I'm going to pat him on the top of the head or that little girl and say, now, that's right. You be sure to obey your parents. That pleases God. And inside, you're thinking that doesn't apply to me because it says children. <laughs> God calls us children. He calls us children. And look at Ruth. Naomi called her my daughter. And so what do, what, what do we see Ruth doing in Ruth 2.2 when it says, and Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, let, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him. What is she doing there? She's asking her mother-in-law for permission to go like a child would ask her mother for permission to go do this. And so, so she has committed herself to obey her mother-in-law. And so what do we see Naomi doing in that verse? She says, she said, did Naomi say, oh, Ruth, you're a grown woman already. Don't come and ask me all. Stop it. She didn't do that. She didn't say that at all. The verse says, and she said unto her, go, my daughter. See, oh, Ruth obeyed her mother-in-law and the Lord. That pleased the Lord. It pleased God. So in all these ways, Ruth's ways please the Lord. And therefore, Ruth can claim the promise of Proverbs 16:7 that when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's the same promise that God made to the remnant of Israel who trusted in Jehovah Jesus in Jeremiah 15:11, where the Lord said, Verily it shall be well with thy remnant. Verily I will cause the enemy 
to entreat thee well in the time of evil, in the time of affliction. See, even when there was great evil going on, the remnant, he said, they'd be treated well by the enemies. See, when God, that's what God does. He changes the hearts. See, when God changed Jacob's name, he changed it to Israel, and he told Jacob that it was because, Jacob, now you're a prince. You got a new name, Israel, because you're a prince. Sar, Sar, El, prince of God. He says, you are, you, you're a prince of God. You have power with God. But that was only half. That was only half the power that God told Jacob he had. He had. See, because in Genesis 32, 28, it says, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. From that point on, Jacob's life, see, in Jacob's life, is finally, you know, he's pleasing God. And God makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Most notable enemy is the one who says, as soon as the as soon as the as soon as uh, something's over, I forgot. Esau says, "I'll kill him. I'll kill him." That's a big enemy. Brothers can be big enemies, and so his biggest enemy is his brother Esau. And when, and when, and as soon as he comes off of that Genesis thirty-two experience and meets Esau, and Esau smiles, Jacob says, "I, I, I Esau, I look in your face. I see the face of God. I see pleasure in me." Before, it seemed like God was my enemy, and then we fought, and then, then he was his friend, and before you were my enemy, now you smile, your friend. See, changed. We have very little information about the life of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was a child growing up. We don't know very much at all. But in Luke 5.22, 5, sorry, Luke 2.52, in Luke 2.52, it says this, and Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man, and man. See, King Solomon, he's giving us the instructions of a child. He's like, like we're his child. You know, we're like King Solomon's children, and King Solomon is the father to us, and he's tenderly teaching us, and he's telling us, listen, listen. He says, can I just tell you one thing in life? He says, please, mercy and truth don't forsake Hold on to those, the mercy of God. Hold on to your mercy you show to others. Hold on to the truth of the Bible. He says, don't, don't. Because he said in Proverbs 3, 3 through 6, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. He says, uh, says, write them on the table of thy heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, he shall direct thy paths. See, that's what it means to serve Christ. And Paul emphasized these two benefits in Romans 14, 18, when he said, he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Approved of men. Isn't that what we want for our lives? When we look back on our lives, don't we want to say, you know, I just want my life to add up to being acceptable to, my, acceptable to God and approved of men. He said, that's what Paul told the Roman ruler Felix. He said, he said you want to know how I'm really ordering my life? You know, what, you know what, what I think of when I get up in the morning, what I try to do? He said in Acts 24, 16, herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscious void of offense toward God and toward man. 
Because Ruth knew, she knew her ways would please the Lord. She was convinced in her heart that of Romans 8.31, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? She'd say that. She said, if God's for me, what landowner is going to be against me? And if it, it, her time in history, if Ruth knew that, that part of the truth of Romans 8.31 to be true, how much more do we know? Because we know so much more. We know the following verses that she didn't know, which is, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not freely with us give us, freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who's going to separate us from the love of God in the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, peril, sword? In all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. He says, I'm persuaded. Nothing. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, nor cancer, shall be able to separate us from the love. He didn't say nor cancer, I added that. <laughs> shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if Ruth's here this morning, she'd say, amen. That's what she'd say. She said, amen. I knew that God was for me. Now, I never even saw God give his, spare not his own son, but deliver him us. Uh, for us all. She said this morning, God was for me. God is for you. Nothing's able to separate us from the love of God. She'd say that. Notice the end of verse two where it says, and she said unto her, go my daughter. Now who's just she and who's the her? Well, she obviously is Naomi and the her is Ruth. But what did Naomi say to Ruth? She said, go my daughter. Now how's Ruth identified at the beginning of verse two? Ruth the Moabitess? Naomi, the Jewess, is speaking to Ruth, the Moabitess. Hey, Naomi, who you calling daughter? <laughs> why do, what does Naomi, the Jewess, why is she saying this? Go, my daughter. Naomi, what are you, who you Naomi, the Jewess? You calling Ruth, the Moabitess, your daughter? Naomi says, yes. She says, yes, I'm a Jewess, and I'm calling Ruth, the Moabitess, my daughter. Because when Ruth's ways please the Lord, I call her my daughter. See, Naomi would say, I don't care what her birth certificate says, that she was born in Moab, and, and that her parent, mother and father were Moabite parents. I don't care. I'm her spiritual mother, and that makes her my daughter. And when the question came up as to who is the brother and the sister and the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ, immaculate or not immaculate, he answers and stretches out his hand over his followers, and it's recorded in Matthew 12, 48, where it says, but he answered and said unto him that told him, who's my mother and who's my brethren? And he stretched forth his hands toward his disciples and said, behold my brother, my mother and brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. In essence, the Lord Jesus is saying, I agree with, Jew, with, with Ruth. I agree with Naomi, the Jewess. I agree with her who called Ruth, the Moabitess, my daughter. When a man's or a woman's ways please the Lord, the same is my brother and sister and mother. So today, let's resolve that our ways are going to please the Lord. Did I mention that Jerry's room was 528 bed one at Grossmont Hospital? <laughs> let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for Ruth and the example that she is to us. 
Thank you for the challenge that she is to us, Lord. May we be like Ruth the Moabitess. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.